Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a mad marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be, to be interviewing Zina Muzika. Hopefully, I pronounced that right. Almost perfect. (laughs) Almost. How do I? What's the correct way? Musica, Zena Musica. Musica. Sorry about that. She is an award-winning, purpose-driven social entrepreneur, teacher, author, executive coach, public speaker, and the publisher of Enlivened Books, new mind, body, spirit imprint from Atria Simon and Schuster. Her mission is to inspire her audience to uncover their purpose and live in ways that heal themselves and our world. And she has her own. Critically, critically acclaimed book, Life by the Cup, um, that we're going to talk about along with um, some amazing other achievements she's got going on. Dina, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Seth. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit before you became the, the amazing, inspirational woman and business leader and entrepreneur that you are today. Where did you grow up? I grew up in, well, my dad was a firefighter with the U.S. Forest Service, so I grew up um, in between uh, northern Idaho and um, central coast of California, so um, we followed fire season, basically. (laughs) Fire season for us lay people who don't know what that means, means? (laughs) Means uh, in California and the western United States, we have a lot of fires, and my dad was um, a smoke jumper, so he would jump out of the airplanes and... um, they would uh, fight fires. So um, fire season is summer through fall. And um, yeah, where do you live? Buffalo, New York, where we have no fires. I was about to say, yeah, you guys have a lot of water there. You have absolutely no idea. Fire season's pretty gnarly here. No, but yeah, no, so I grew up. No season. I know, I know. I love, I love upstate New York. Um, so yes, we uh, have um, big fire seasons here, and so I grew up kind of in a rhythm with nature, with my dad, and and in that world. And how did you? Now you started your multi-million-dollar fair trade tea company, Gypsy Tea, yes. as a yes. single mom with six dollars to your name. So yeah. I, I know our <laughs> listeners are fascinated by that. Let's talk about the six 
dollars yeah how to turn to start something a tea company yeah, well, how to turn nothing into something, I think, is, yeah. is the marketing the marketing genius of, of many good marketers. So, um, yeah, really, I mean, I like the name of your podcast because um, you use the word magic, and that's really how I sort of look at the world. And, and um, basically, I was a writer. I was writing a book about my gypsy grandmother. She's a fascinating woman. Um, who came to America and from the Ukraine and taught me how to use herbs and plants to heal people. And um, so I, when I had my son, I was living on a very small creative writing grant, like less than $1,200 a month. I um, was supposed to live on that. And I thought, oh, well, I'm just going to be my hippie self out here in California. And I'm going to have my beautiful baby and I'm going to write a bestseller and get super famous and everything will be cool. And I'll just like, stay at home and write full time and that'll be great. And then my son was born and my book didn't get sold to a publisher yet. Um, I uh, had uh, no money left. My creative writing grant was up and um, I uh, found myself single and uh, with no financial support. And um, my son uh, turned out he needed an operation to save his life at four weeks. So I found myself in, um, this moment of no return and you know a lot of people call it rock bottom but I kind of have I think of it more like stripped bare and when you're stripped bare you really look at what matters most and for me it was saving my son so I got on my knees I asked God if you know what what I should do and I don't know about you but anytime I ask the divine, I usually get an answer. <laughs> um, but I got an answer that I didn't expect. And it was to basically start throwing tea parties with a gypsy theme. Because my grandma was a gypsy, and she taught me how to make tea. And, um, and so I threw a belly dancing tea party, um, sold my blends that she had taught me to make, um, sold about $1,000 worth um, in the first one, paid for the initial um, uh, small payments toward my son's operation, and I was in business. And that's where Zena's Gypsy Tea was born. That is absolutely incredible. <laughs> I have to go back. I mean, there's so many Well, if you, if you add that. belly dancing to a tea party, you're sure to get takers. <laughs> I'm saying. You know, if you added belly dancing to a LuLaRoe party, you'd probably get more people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, I mean, one of my biggest customers eventually, um, I used to dancer. attract their yeah, well, I used to attract their attention um, at the trade shows when I started uh, doing trade shows to promote the tea to store chains. And one of my first customers was actually Wegmans. They were my first mass market customer out oh, there in upstate awesome. New York. Love Wegmans. I love Wegmans. They were my favorite. <laughs> so I want to ask you one of you said, um, grandma, gypsy grandmother from the Ukraine. Uh, my yes. wife and I are also Ukrainian. What part is she, was she from? Oh, Kharkiv. On the east, and my grandfather ah. was from Lvov in the west, or Lviv, ah, which has okay. been I mean, Poland, Ukraine, Ukraine Poland, right Ukraine. outside of Kiev. Oh my God, that's amazing! See, Ukrainians, man, we're resourceful. <laughs> it's funny because my mother's family and my father's family and my wife's family, uh, none of them knew each other. But when my wife and I started dating and got married, they found they were all from the same village. Oh, and my grandmother and her that. great aunt would sit around and talk about life in the old country, and they oh. would go on for hours when they found out they were from the same village. 
Oh, that warms my heart. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, my family escaped Stalin, and they ended up in concentration camps and survived all of that. And so, wow. I mean, it's it's tough out there. <laughs> so, oh, it's wonderful to hear that. My, you kind of fulfilled my grandmother's dream that I would oh, I would marry a nice Ukrainian boy, but <laughs> I never I never you know could find a Ukrainian to marry. So, I ended up with my husband. <laughs> There you go. Well, we'll see what we can do for you. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> All right, so you had your first Gypsy Tea Party, sold a thousand bucks, started to work on paying the cost for your son's operation, and then uh, what happened? What, what, what do you think was the tipping point? Well, what really made it ambition. Yeah, ambition happened and a desire to make money and um, a desire to help. I found that the, I found out that the women in the tea fields were making a dollar 35 a day. Um, they had infant mortality rates in some of the tea fields up, up around 50%. And they had very, like their living conditions were, they made, you know, our homeless almost look rich. I mean, I just could not believe these multinational companies were, you know, taking this tea, putting it on the public auction, you know, selling it as a commodity, but the workers were basically losing their children to be working so cheaply. They didn't have bathrooms. They didn't have housing. I mean, anyway, so I looked at it and I'd always been an activist and I thought, you know what, I'm fixing that. That's why God put me in this path to be throwing these like sexy, rad, fun tea parties. And then I saw that there was a big mission and I had been called to, to change that. So I started, uh, I started, I went to India and Sri Lanka. I witnessed for myself what was happening in the tea fields. I um, became an activist. I started taking photos and making videos of what was happening in the tea fields and showing it to customers and um, switched my whole company to be um, the first 100% dedicated fair trade tea company in the U.S. And I just went about educating mass market. I went to Walmart. I went to Target. I went to Kroger. I went to Super Value. I went to Safeway. And the Wegmans people, um, my my friend Charlie was the buyer at the time, and he loved fair trade. I mean, Wegmans is family-owned, so they jumped on it right away. But it became um, much more of a mission for everybody because as soon as they saw the living conditions, they were like, whatever we need to do, we're going to change it. Like, we're, we're, we're in. And so um, that's one of my lessons for entrepreneurs is that, you know, when you're marketing and you're selling, if you have a mission to serve and if, if people are actually getting true benefit and it's helping and it's socially responsible, people get really excited. And so I used to say I don't sell tea. I sell hope. And the tea comes with it for free. <laughs> that is a awesome, unique selling proposition. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, it just so happened to be the case. <laughs> now, how did you get the uh, – so you – Tea Company explodes. How did you get the idea to write the book Life by the Cup? Okay, so I raised a lot of venture capital and private equity money. Um, I raised – at first I raised angel um, angel investment money um, to the tune of about a million and a half, and um, I kept growing my business through that. And then um, I, we outgrew our angel um, investment dollars. And oh my gosh, Seth, hold on. There's a deer all just looking at me right now in my yard. Little young buck with one, two horns. It's probably normal for you, but we don't see him that often. Um, and so uh, we, 
um, I raised I raised a lot of money, and then what ended up happening was we were in the middle of a launch in 2008, and I think you remember what happened in 2008. We've all tried to yeah. erase our memory, but um, I was in the middle of a huge launch with Whole Foods, and I had an exclusive deal with them to um, to sell them a very 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 upscale. Uh, sophisticated line of biodynamic teas. I had to buy futures um, from the fields in, in India. I had to um, get special, I, I mean, it cost an arm and a leg to make this product. And I had to have enough for Whole Foods to sell three to four sets of it, you know, rounds of it, um, so I wouldn't go out of stock. So I was sitting on about $2 million plus of inventory when the bottom fell out of the economy. And Whole Foods never ordered again. <laughs> oh my God. And pe- people were trying to feed their families and nobody knew, you know, if the sky was really going to fall, what was happening. And I was stuck with millions of dollars with a very expensive, highly sustainable tea that I had commissioned from my growers. And I couldn't even give it away, barely. Um, so I had to make a tough decision. I talk about this a lot in Life by the Cup. Because it's a really important thing for entrepreneurs to know how to pivot when something like this happens. Um, and I basically had to make a really tough call. I um, had to raise an emergency round of funding, which put me at a lot less than um, majority shareholder. And that um, and that funding, um, you know, saved the company. Thank God. Um, but it also made me less powerful um, in within the company, you know, because once you don't own the majority, you know, pretty much, you know, it just it's it's whoever owns the majority can make all the decisions. So when that happened, um, you know, I had to make a tough decision. I saved the company, but eventually um, I moved away from the company um, after a few years of working with the investors. And um, and so that was that was really what happened um, toward the end. But the company's still going. The tea's still spectacular. It's still benefiting the workers. So I would say that's a happy ending. Absolutely. Now, I believe uh, Life by the Cup is now uh, in development at HBO. Talk a little bit about how Yeah, that yeah. So, yeah. So, I wrote my book. So, I got to go back to my roots and um, – I got to uh, write my book, um, and I'm I'm almost done with my next book right now. And it was so interesting, um, and this might be fun for your viewers or your listeners. Is um, I, I, you know, enthusiasm is everything when it comes to marketing, <laughs> and so I've always had a very very enthusiastic vibe. It's just natural. Like I was a ten year softball player, always made the um, all stars, but always sat the bench through the all star game. And eventually, I got enough confidence up to ask my coach is like, why do you keep putting me on the altars if I'm not good enough to play? And they said, oh, your attitude is so great to have around. <laughs> like, okay, got it. So enthusiasm was my thing. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going back to my core, my publishing, my writing, my, I'm going to be that author after all. I'm so excited. And then, um, you know, I sat down to write and I don't know, you know, I'm sure your listeners can can attest to their own experiences, but sitting down to write a book after you've been doing business for 12 years and been like an extrovert doing spreadsheets and raising capital and pitching investors. And it's so different. It's very internal. Um, I had to really examine everything. And so, yeah, so I spent a couple of years writing it and poured my heart into it and it's fun and whimsical, but it's very practical. Um, I love to give people the real, you know, nuts and bolts of how to do things. And um, I was uh, hosting a party one night, and my 
friends um, were here, and they they um, one of them was a producer, and you know everyone in California is a producer, just like there's fire season, we everyone's a producer it seems. Um, and uh, my friend was like, oh yeah, I'm in business with Mark Wahlberg and their production company, and um, we do, um, you know, they just created Ballers and a few other shows, and um, she said I'm really interested in making this into a series, so it's in development for that. So that's yeah. been very very fun. That is awesome. Congratulations. We are <laughs> Thank super you. excited to see that come out. Me too. And you know what? Entrepreneurs are fascinating people. I always watch the shows that are based on, you know, I was very fish out of water. I did not know how to raise capital. Like I showed up to my first meetings in New York wearing like Stevie Nicks garb because I'm like a total (laughs) California gypsy girl. And like I'm pitching Bob Pittman and his group of like hardcore. He was like the founder of MTV. And I'm like, I'm like all jingly. I have like, like bells on my belt. And I'm like, oh, and here's my tea company. They probably thought, oh, my God, this woman is absolutely out of her league here. But it was um, – I think it will be really, really fun to portray, and I think it will be really relatable to a ton of entrepreneurs who have felt like just that feeling of like, oh, my God, I'm out of wa- – I'm a fish out of water, and I, but I got to keep going because I don't know what to do <laughs> otherwise. So I, I'm excited. Uh, absolutely. What has been the best advice you've ever gotten? The best advice I've ever gotten, well, I am really fortunate now that I'm a publisher at Simon & Schuster, they signed me for my book. Um, and that's, you know, my enthusiasm, I think, kind of was was the clincher there um, as well, because I just love books and always have. And, um, and so I think that my, I have, my boss there, Judith, is like a very powerful woman in publishing. She's so powerful and she's so beautiful and she's so intuitive and she she has really been guiding me a lot as I've stepped into a completely new industry um, from the grocery and consumer packaged goods world but she she often um, says things like oh I'll be worrying about one of my author's deadlines and if they'll meet it or not she just says things like no book before it's time and (laughs) and so I keep thinking like no book before it's time. It's almost like, you know, no campaign before it's time, no product before it's time. You know, anytime I've screwed up, it's been trying to launch something that wasn't quite ready or that I didn't have enough, um, you know, market research for my customers for, or, you know, I didn't have enough people taste the flavor of the tea and then it didn't end up selling as well, but I was bullish on it. So I really think that, you know, really taking your time with the products that you create and the offers you make online, as well as, you know, in the real bricks and mortar world, I think that really is key. And, Things there, everything has a cycle, and you've got to really trust your cycle. You've got to really trust your intuition on that. Absolutely. You've also, in addition to the show um, and Simon and Schuster, you've also got a hit podcast on iTunes, Changemaker. Um, what prompted you to start a podcast? And well, actually, I've been, I've been. Yeah. So actually I put that on hold because I'm working on a a television show right now. So um, I had that and that was really fun. And, um, you know, I plan to do it again, but I wanted to focus my efforts on TV um, because I've always felt like I um, wanted to try that. And I figured, you know, my low self-esteem, you know, isn't an, isn't a big deal anymore. I know how to get through it. So I'm like, I'm going to try it for TV. So I've actually been hosting television shows. Um, I've hosted four so far. 
Um, and uh, I think the thing, and I'm working with Natalie Ledwell from Mind Movies, who's a brilliant online marketer. Yep. And Love Glenn, Mind and, Movies. Yes, me too. And Natalie's one of my dear friends, and I'm working with um, Kim Coles, who's a comedian, and Cindy Ertman, who's one of Jack Canfield's like best um, trainers. And so I'm I'm really doing a lot more um, with television and broadcast. But what's prompted me to shift more toward media is just the impact media can have. When I wrote my book, um, you know, I was receiving letters from all over the world that was saying, you know, your book changed my life. I now know I can follow my dreams. I I'd never seen. A, a, an immigrant, you know, woman do it before. Now I know I can. I mean, I just, I received thousands of emails and letters and posts and blogs. And, and I just thought, God, you know, that has a huge impact on people. And so I wanted to turn it up with media. And when I was a little girl, I always, always wanted to have my own radio show. I, I reverse engineered my parents' eight track with a headset and spoke into it and recorded myself over an Eagles eight track. Wow. I just always wanted to broadcast. I think the voice and our energy and then the exchange of ideas, I think it's just probably the most profound way we can heal and change the world and make ourselves super happy in the meantime. That is absolutely incredible. Amazing interview, fascinating story. For our listeners who are resonating with what you're saying, who are inspired, who want to consume more, um, where should we send them? Yeah, yeah. Um, we have Zena.tv, Z-H-E-N-A dot TV. Um, and they can go there and they can see my retreats. I do business retreats, writing retreats. I do book proposal. Um, you know, I think every, I mean, the tea company sales went up two and a half million dollars on products that had been flat for five years um, when I launched my book. And it was all because of the, the press around the book. So I teach a lot of business owners how to really maximize a book launch and get their book out in the world and build their business. So all of that is on ZHENA.TV. And the book is Life by the Cup. And they can find it anywhere. All right. Thank you so much. Fascinating interview. We greatly appreciate your incredibly valuable time. Thank you for sharing your story and inspiring all of us. Yeah. Thank you. And you. That means thank you in Ukrainian, right? <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> well, then I will say Dasvidaniya and everyone, we will, we will talk to you next time. Take care, Seth. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world. And I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to take the500challenge.com. That's www.takethe500challenge.com to learn more. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.